I assure you, what I am about to read to you this morning, I did not make up. This is from the home page of a real website. Hello, friends. Welcome to the mother of all excuses place. Over the years, everyone where I work has always thought that we should be writing down all the excuses everyone there has given for not coming to work that day. We all thought that it would make a very entertaining book to read. Well, we never got around to writing that book, but with the popularity of the internet and the ease of making a website, I decided to publish all the calling into work excuses I, or people that submit them, have heard over the years. I also have sections for missing school and homework excuses, police or accident excuses, kids' excuses, getting out of family events and holiday function excuses, breaking dates' excuses, doctor's excuses, missing church excuses. The guy, incidentally, lists 180 of them, none of which, by the way, is valid, so don't get your hopes up. Wedding excuses, diet excuses, why I ate that excuses, tax excuses, not paying the rent excuses, getting out of home repair excuses, unwanted house guest excuses, jury duty excuses, defense excuses, not voting excuses, miscellaneous excuses. We have all used or heard excuses for missing just about everything. If you have a suggestion for a new excuse page or would like to submit an excuse, please go to the Submit Excuses page and send them to me. Now, I could tell you the address of this website, but I won't do that because I don't want anybody to be encouraged to make excuses for their bad behavior. Although the temptation is always there for us to follow that path. In fact, I think the author of this website is absolutely correct when he says, we have all used or heard excuses for missing just about everything. And I dare say we have also heard and perhaps even used excuses for any and every sin. This brings us to a very important distinction between ordinary people and saintly people. Saintly people are men and women who consistently overcome this constant temptation to make excuses for their sins. Saintly people face their sins. They admit their bad choices. They take responsibility for their actions. They repent for what they've done. They receive forgiveness for their transgressions. And then they make a serious, concerted effort to change their lives for the better. Now, really, that should be good news for everybody here because it means that sanctity, holiness, is always possible, regardless of what we've done in the past. But a key step, a crucial step in the process of becoming a holy person, of becoming the person that God wants us to be, that God knows we can be, is the step of facing this temptation and overcoming it, the temptation to make excuses for our actions. I mention this today because our three scripture readings this morning are what might be called anti-excuse readings. 
Take that first one from the book of Sirach. There the wise man speaks about personal responsibility. The fact that we can choose good or evil without coercion. If you choose, you can keep the commandments, they will save you. If you trust in God, in other words, if you choose to trust in God, you too shall live. He has set before you fire and water, to whichever you choose, stretch forth your hand. Before man are life and death, good and evil. Whichever he chooses shall be given him. Comedian Flip Wilson, many years ago, when he used to play his character Geraldine, was famous for saying, The devil made me do it. Some of us are old enough to remember Flip Wilson. That was a very funny line. He said it well, with great effect. But it was also absolutely, positively false. The devil can't make anyone do anything. He can tempt us, yes, and sometimes he does very powerfully, but he can't force us to sin, and neither will God do that. Sirach makes that crystal clear in the last line of this text, where he says, No one does God command to act unjustly, to none does he give license to sin. So when it comes to sin, we can never say, The devil made me do it, nor can we say, God made me do it. The only thing we can say is, I made me do it. And hopefully we do. Hopefully we do say that when we need to. In today's Gospel reading, a very, very challenging text from Matthew chapter 5, Jesus indicates that we need to take responsibility also for dealing with the root of our sins. As he reminds us here, the root of murder is anger. Sinful anger, because there is such a thing as justified anger in certain circumstances. Here he's talking about sinful anger. And he reminds us that the root of adultery and fornication is lust. Jesus knew gardening very well. He knew that if you kill the root of a weed, you'll keep the weed out of the garden. Out of the garden of your life, in this case. But if you ignore the root, if you just get the weed on the surface and don't deal with the roots down below, that weed will eventually manifest itself in the garden of your life in some form. This is very important for us to remember with respect to anger and lust because we are living right now in a culture where these realities are treated as good things by many people, even as rights. They're not seen as the roots of serious sins, which is what they are. They are seen as good and healthy attitudes. So people today will say things like, I have a right to be angry. I have a right to get even with that person for what that person did to me. Or they'll say, I have my needs, so I have a right to whatever kind of sexual gratification I want. After all, I'm only human. And so we have a society riddled with excuses. Ex excuses abound in our society for lustful and angry behaviors. And if you don't believe me, get a hold of a judge from a criminal court and ask that judge.
what he or she hears all the time. But Your Honor, I did it because. I assaulted that person because. I did this because. I raped that person because. And then they give the excuse. Lame as it might be. Finally, we have today's second reading from 1 Corinthians 2, a beautiful text of Scripture that reminds us of the ultimate gift of God, heaven, eternal life. St. Paul says there, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for those who love him. That's one of my favorite lines from the Bible because it reminds me that heaven is greater, heaven is better, much, much better than anything I can possibly imagine. And I have a pretty fertile imagination. So I can imagine some pretty wonderful things. Well, heaven is greater than that, Father Ray. But of course, before we can get into heaven, we all have to face divine judgment, where we will not be able to use any excuses for our sins. Notice what St. Paul says here. He says that the Holy Spirit scrutinizes everything. And that means everything. Nothing, in other words, can be hidden from his eyes. The Holy Spirit knows not only what we do, the Holy Spirit also knows why we do what we do. In fact, he understands our motives, our intentions. He knows our heart better than we do. So yes, excuses can influence people here on this earth, as the mother of all excuses website makes crystal clear. But they have absolutely no effect whatsoever on God. He is beyond our excuses. He sees right through them. To him, they are totally transparent. So my brothers and sisters, when it comes to dealing with our sins, it's best not to use any excuses at all.